Well, holy shit, here we go. <laughs> okay. no, I don't actually... Love. Yeah, we've got to swear to start with, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, it's slightly different setup this time. Slightly different setup. We've uh, we've got uh, VJ out on urgent business, so swooping in to replace him, well, or to at least fill the uh, the co-host gap, is uh, Wouter. Hello, Wouter. Hey. So uh, we, we, we ran uh, the idea of basically, uh, um, you know, transcribing whatever I say and then running it through, um, you know, a voice synth with VJ's voice. Because I, I mean, by this by, by this point, like which which episode number is this? Like we're we're running up to ninety, like eighty eight, eighty nine. I don't know. Um, Somewhere around that number, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that that oh. surely that's enough of audio to train a, a an algorithm to reproduce VJ's voice. No, I like, think so. Yeah, might actually yeah. just be fun to do. Um, <laughs> can we just yeah. see if we can replace that? But the good thing is, the good thing is that we haven't just got me and Wouter. That we have got uh, a guest as well, which is uh, always a treat and always good to have on Deafen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hello, Kimo. Hello, Kimo. By the way, I say Kimo, but I'm thinking it might be Kimo or something like that. It might be a particular thing that, uh, that I don't hey, get. Yeah, you actually got it pretty well there. It, Kimo. Kimo is the Finnish word. Kimo. Kimo. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. and uh, but you've oh. got a Koskinen. Is it Kimmo Koskinen? Oh, Kimmo yeah, Koskinen. Koskinen. Ooh, Koskinen. Koskinen. Oh, yeah, Koskinen. Nice, <laughs> nice. So, Alex, we also want yeah. to apologize for uh, uh, for not getting the Eurovision uh, victory you <laughs> so deserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was set up, man. Like, uh... <laughs> yeah, we, we were actually uh, with my wife <clears throat> uh, watching the uh, Eurovision. Well, not that late, but uh, like, uh, well, the, the finished performance and so uh, here in the, in the same like uh, the terrace that I have here. I don't know. Oh, wow. And, yeah. So it's like, yeah. But but yeah, it was, it, it, yeah. I, I guess the yeah. I, I guess I have to say that the the uh, who wanted they have like a good well uh, good thing going on there. But <laughs> it, <laughs> the but it was yeah. Caria did uh, did a good good try. <laughs> yeah. uh, the jury jury wasn't so easy to please. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. No, wait, but, but, but like when because because I was talking about to uh, with my brother about it, and essentially Finland got so many votes from the popular vote that every country must have given at least ten points to Finland. Like, mm, yeah. So, um, in order to get like three hundred and what eighty whatever, so like Finland almost scored like the maximum of points <laughs> you could get with the popular vote. So yeah. It yeah. kind of, I mean, <laughs> it feels a bit set up, you know, with like 50 years after Abide goes back to Sweden, like, uh, but whatever. Anyway, I, I yeah. truly enjoyed the act. It was everything I wanted uh, out of a Eurovision song act, you know, like way over the top, totally aware that it's way over the top. <laughs> uh, it was it, also yeah. like, uh, it, it yeah. kind of being like nice because you're very friendly with Sweden. So that's all good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's 
<laughs> Interesting uh, awkward friendliness going on. <laughs> oh, but, but yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it it was so, yeah. I I just hope that the guy Yere who was like performing that he doesn't like uh, feel so bad about it because he 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 was he was really uh, he got like people to move and to got excited and uh, yeah, but he yeah, was yeah. he was also like saying that hey uh it's just like uh yeah okay that we didn't get to please jury but at least we tried <laughs> so, that yeah, was a good, yeah. so so i guess it's kind of like maybe yeah. it's obvious now that you're from finland but maybe it's not but so just to nail it mm-hmm. you're from finland and you're in finland right now yeah yeah true i'm yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm i'm from finland i'm uh like southern finland I live in Espo, so like in the woods. So, like people here live in the woods, <laughs> like you saw. But well, the people on the people on the, the podcast can't see, but you pointed the camera around, and you were literally in the woods. Yeah, well, it's like twenty kilometers by like line of sight to Helsinki Center, uh, where I live. That's not too but, bad. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not. Yeah, it's not too much. But like, uh, well, well, when when doing commuting, it's like takes me an hour to go to the center yeah. <laughs> so, so I kinda, yeah that's like not a finland exclusive I, I i live 20 kilometers away from antwerp in belgium and if i mm. get there in an hour by car <laughs> it's, a, it's a good day yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, but I guess yeah. nowadays, Kimo, it's kind of uh, Kimo. It's all kind of uh, <laughs> it's all kind of uh, remote work now. So you're remote in the woods, or do you still pop into the uh, into the real office sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, uh, it's I kind I kind of like. Uh, well, for me, when the corona stuff started, uh, like uh, so ha- having two kids and then skipping the like commute to. Uh, drive the kids to the daycare and, and and then get get out of the daycare. Uh, this remote work was like actually a good thing. Uh, mm. So, but but uh, yeah, should probably visit the uh, office maybe a bit more. But like the times that I go to the office, then they are more cherished. So we usually have something uh, going on, some uh, kind of maybe it's project a kind of meeting thing or just like whole company meeting things so and so so that well okay the office like we have so i work for metosin who were they and uh <laughs> yeah that is funny funny things who make funny libraries who are hard to pronounce <laughs> so, <laughs> or the names of the libraries that are hard to pronounce well I, actually i don't know i have to link the uh, uh we just went to the there was there was the cons, uh, mm-hmm. just uh, yeah, uh, and uh, Mikko did a recording of how to pro- pronounce uh, rated and Mali. <laughs> I have to uh, find the uh, Twitter <laughs> link to, <laughs> to to that pronunciation thing. But yeah, I think it's all the other ones though. I can't remember. What, there was one beginning with S, Serapue or something. I can't, I can't really can't remember what yeah, it that, is. That's uh, yeah, that Sieppari. That's... Oh yeah, come on! I mean, that's, that's you know, but I mean, <laughs> I've forgotten what it does now. But I know it's hard to pronounce. Yeah, it's an interceptor kind of library. But yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, name yeah. is name yeah. is 
probably a bit hard. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit harder than rated. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so so what are you doing over there at Metasyn or Metosyn? Uh, yeah, I'm doing project work uh, mainly currently. <laughs> so uh, we have like a couple of we're we're a small company, but mm-hmm. a couple of clients and. Yeah, and okay, then we try to also maintain those libraries that we have. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> also alongside. But but yeah, it's uh yeah, this uh the like oh, so this this uh Metasin is actually originally from Tampere, like mm, well yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And so we have offices in Helsinki, but now we have office also in Oulu, like northern Finland. And Yvaskula, oh, yeah. which is like somewhere in the middle of Tampere and Oulu. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, was just, I was just like remembering, like going to the office, so like being specific which office. <laughs> ah. so, <laughs> so like the Helsinki office is uh, the nearest office. Uh, I well, have, I mean, but, yeah. but uh, Matosin are very famous for their closure trade conferences in the past pre-pandemic. Mm. And uh, I went to one in 2000, 2019, I think. Yeah. Hadn't it been that long ago? No, no, yeah, can't have been. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's 21. It was the last one before yeah. it stopped for a while, or at least yeah. it, before it was put on hiatus, let's say. Yeah, true. I, I when was that? Bump. Was yeah. that 20 or 21? 2019, I remember. It was 2019. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, let, let's see when there would be, I don't know, I should have to check my, like the marketing guys and yeah. <laughs> <if I> don't, <laughs> like, say anything stupid. But, uh, yeah, 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 don't worry, don't uh, worry, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but really, really not nice times, but yeah, it's been uh, after the like pandemic hit and uh, kind of rough to restart. Everything. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was famous for its kind of uh, parties and, you know, great mm. great talks and uh, great parties. Um, so I was really pleased to have at least hit one. But um, I, I didn't actually hit the sauna because it was a bit like, mm. I think Tommy asked me to go to the sauna about two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, easy, mate. You know, it's a, it's a me too moment, you know. <laughs> Not really. It was, it was all very, yeah, it's all very fun. But uh, two o'clock was too late for me. Uh, but is it like this where you like do you get when you get your office get togethers? Are you basically just all hitting the sauna together and like sweating uh, out? Yeah, uh, yeah, it depends. Uh, but if there's an opportunity, like like uh, just uh, was it last last week or so, we had a, a kind of company thing where we went to have a dinner. There's this island near the like Finnish coastal area, and and there's this, there's a sauna there, so. <laughs> so you had dinner and then sauna and uh and then of course you get get to go to the sea like uh mm. dip into yeah, the yeah. cold sea <laughs> uh, nice, and then back nice. to the sauna yeah. and again oh wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so yeah i like so this this uh, this podcast recording thing like uh it's uh like uh half past nine here my kids are sleeping i was thinking that 
like, okay, what's the most quiet room that I don't bother the others? So that would be the sauna. But like <laughs> <laughs> doing the podcast from sauna, maybe. <laughs> that would be on brand. It's the most yeah. finished thing to do. Because I was going to say, because you were saying like, yeah, there's this place with the sauna. And, and <laughs> like that's probably the most vague uh, location specifier you can imagine in Finland, um, with a close <laughs> second to it's the hut next to the lake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 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 So so you've been uh, working with closure for a few uh, minutes now, Kimo. Uh, and uh, so we we usually start off here with a little bit of like a backstory on uh, on how you like came up to closure and what what your route was to uh, you know finding the light. Um, which <laughs> darkness? Which particular mushrooms were you eating before you uh, you arrived to the surface of uh, yeah. of Plato's cave? <laughs> how did you discover yeah. the parentheses? Yeah, I I kind of wondered how to like always try to grow and new those mushrooms to like rediscover <laughs> <laughs> new, new things but <laughs> but like uh, ma- maintain the art but yeah yeah i guess it, it's yeah it's been a while back uh i think i i remember when i uh, bumped into closer it was somewhere around 2009 is first time mm. uh I, I was in the uh product uh, company startup called Ekaho. Uh and it was either me or one other guy in the company which we kind of bumped into that language. And uh yeah it was we, the the company was making a like a Wi Fi planning tool and an indoor Wi Fi positioning system. Hmm. So uh my colleague there uh which i learned quite a lot from him mm-hmm. uh uh it was like uh, after the like 2008 economic downturn thing we got our first first big layoffs in the company and so on so my uh colleague uh, jumped to another team and he started the project project uh a rewrite of this application and he started the backend with closer on 2009. <laughs> um, That's uh, very early days, no? Uh, yeah, it was really early days. The front end was in flex. So like before this HTML5 era, like yeah. flex, flex was like, we, we were, uh, so like I, I was like, hey, cool. Uh, but I was left as like maintaining in the team uh, that kind of vanished around like yeah. well, a lot of people left but uh so i had this like uh java code base uh 200,000 lines something i was like i can't <laughs> ever i can't ever put a new language here so, <laughs> but anyway i had a good time the thing that i was making there was actually like putting money into the company and it was mm-hmm. it was it was great and so i can uh uh looked like it has to be statically typed, so I kind of <laughs> look this Scala and Haskell things. Okay, sure, sure. So yeah, yeah so like a couple of years uh, uh, did that, and then kind of circled back around 2012 or so, and started to like look more into closer and uh, switch team in 
2013 and I don't know, 2013, 14, I guess I've been trying to mainly do flows or I switched to another company to, well, to, uh, to another, to a Finnish consultant so called Sol just, Solita. Yeah. Just yeah. before we finish that point, so you, yeah. you said you looked at Haskell and Scala or did you, did you look at it and did you actually, did you introduce it like into the company or was it just, was it just a kind of like, uh, fetish at that time, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was this 2010, my first born. So I, I remember reading Learn Your Haskell, like uh, mm. while while being on parental leave and so on. And I kind of tried putting Scala in uh, into the app, but uh, it's, uh, I don't know, the compilation times at then. <laughs> It and and it was just like a just so much of of a chore. So it was mm -hmm. like mainly me. But the closer app uh, that was like uh, they were do, doing kind of good. They uh, had like uh, a thing going on there. The team was growing and uh, stuff was happening. And so uh, I kind of eventually that okay, there has to be a kind of reboot. Of the thing, and then I kind of jump the team, and yeah, it's it's so hard to it, like I don't know, it, like uh, if you, if you're in a situation and in a team and you have like uh, a product going on and uh, and you wanted to would want to try out something different, uh, mm -hmm. it's 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 like if there's other people and if there's time and space, but if there's only you, you kind of hit yeah, into walls yeah. and oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You're essentially just spending time on on upkeep, right? Like there's no time for experimentation, and every experiment is too risky because, well, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There's always time for like some experiments that kind of uh, go in the like general direction of where mm. the kind of product is also going, and and those are just easy easier to do and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like fun and so on. But then if you have a bigger thing like changing a language that's yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 you might get a lot of benefit from it but you're gonna have to spend a lot of time down basically and nobody wants that yeah. <laughs> especially when you're especially when your your product is making money for a company nobody wants to stop and sort of uh make it faster for the developers it's like yeah well you know <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, I understand your point, but no. <laughs> um, I've heard some good things about Kotlin, though. I mean, in term, in that sense, you know, that you can introduce it relatively easily and it sort of sits in the tool chain quite easily. And, you know, it, it obviously will, like, like dry up, or, well, reduce the amount of code you have to write, but it, but it plays very nicely as a sort of, I think what Scala wanted to be, which was a, well, what Martin Odersky sort of, tried to sell it as which was a better java um mm. whereas kotlin i think really genuinely is a better java yeah. um mm. and uh and of course people people are, are getting used to it now with uh with it being an android yeah. um an I, android default language i used it mm. a bit when doing some stuff on on i mean when i still maintained an android library um and that's how i thought about it you know like it's mm. just like gen generally a better java but think Java has mm. grown a lot of features in the meantime that close the gap. But I think that the yeah. main draw of it is because you can have a project, you know, like you can have your classes written as a Java class or a Kotlin class. Like you can have both files in the same project. Mm. There's nothing mm. really special mm. to configure. 
the mm -hmm. interop mm -hmm. is entirely seamless. So mm -hmm. it's easy to just try it out, right? You could be like, hey, I'll mm -hmm. add this data class and I'll try it in Kotlin and I'll add a few methods and yeah. I think things yeah. like Scala and Clojure are definitely, you know, like you're really changing the language, you're changing the, the concepts almost. Whereas with some of these like like small improvements, like I know people who did things in projects with Groovy, for example, as well. Like you can embed Groovy in, pro in Java projects quite easily. Mm. You know? So yeah. there's definitely scope, even on even on sort of Java projects, for, to have other languages working in it. But it really has to be like super smooth. You know, it has to yeah. be like super yeah. compatible. I remember when I was joining the company, it was 2005, and it was in the midst of a, of a uh, rewrite, second or third. That, uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, but they, they weren't like changing the language though. <laughs> so it was still Java, but like actually rewriting stuff. But maybe something like if you hit in a face like that, then them like, <clears throat> well, okay, people have to like weigh, weigh things. Like, and, and well, I don't know, Closer has nice Java interrupt. And I remember later on bumping to the guys who were like uh, still working uh, at the company. And in some Euro Closer conference, I maybe in Bratislava, I forget, but uh, they got to like replace, uh, well, tried out replacing like some core parts of the Java thing with Closer. So, like, uh, emitting the interfaces mm. and stuff. So, like, uh, but yeah, I guess the overall thing is that it, it changes quite a bit because, well, for, for me, the, it, like, the Java that I wrote back then, it was really awkward, like all uh, static functions and, <laughs> and <laughs> try, trying to emulate this like functional kind of style. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was kind of natural to like, I, I don't have to like try to hide this thing. Your true character. <laughs> having having right. uh, first class functions actually you yeah. know, <laughs> made yeah. the world yeah. saner, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess Java has like come some way. Yeah, I, I remember the times it, it was like, the, I don't know, the Sun and Oracle and that and uh, like uh, the language kind of stagnating. Now there's more and more things. Mm -hmm. it's like, because you were saying 2005, like that's that's still peak Java, right? Like that's yeah, yeah, still yeah. where yeah. Java was like the one language that's going to rule everything and uh, like Java 1.34 maybe around that time. Yeah, one point five was, I guess, just about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I guess, I guess it was. It it feels to me, I mean, at least in my recollection, it feels like the. It's it's only like around two thousand nine, two thousand ten that like all the like there's a lot of steam behind the alternative JVM languages, right? Where yeah. I think like two thousand five yeah. still feels like Java was the thing and object yeah. orientation was the thing. <laughs> Um, the funny thing to me is that what I remember from that sort of period, like pre-2010, was that there was a bunch of like Lambda proposals for Java because everyone kind of realized that the that first-class functions, as you say, Walter, was was the thing. And there were there were like I think there was like three proposals in front of like the Java language committees. Um, I can't remember the details of them, but there was at least three, and that had. Re relatively broad support 
but in the end they just decided to do nothing about it um and I, and then that then they had the oracle buyout and all these other things so mm. i think that stalled a lot of innovation in the java world until all the dust settled around um oracle's ownership and what they're going to do with it and all these kind of things and how the team settled out but uh but yeah, so all all those those potential innovations that would have came before Scala and Clojure around first class functions just kind of fizzled out, and then it was yeah quite late, wasn't it? You know, it's like I don't know, it's way past two thousand ten that they got yeah. like Java one point eight. I can't remember what the exact mm. timeline is, but it's certainly like way after um, like Scala and Clojure got their start. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't looked. Like what? What does modern Java look like? But apparently <laughs> yeah. you can do do yeah, lots of stuff now. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I, yeah. I remember the like uh, the kind of fear of stagnation. That okay, uh, where where is this going? This language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but it yeah, was. Yeah. But I I guess the kind of JVM itself, it kind of just uh, that's just floated a bit more up and like uh, well like closer and scala and groovy and the, like a lot of options that hey there is this actually this this vm that is actually really good <laughs> so yeah yeah. And, yeah 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 jruby and all you know there was quite a lot of big yeah. languages that were sort of coming to the jvm that weren't jv that weren't java i think jruby was the one i remember being the sort of the first big one you know, where it was like, oh, there's, they're running this Ruby thing on here, and it, it turns out that it was faster in many yeah. many ways than the the native version of uh, Ruby yeah, for certain that, tasks, yeah. anyway. Yeah, eventually, yeah. even Python int- implementations now. Yeah, there was this. Okay, yeah, yes, J Python, the... yeah. Mm, yeah, like, I, I remember. Oh, Jython, was it called? Yeah. Jython, uh, Jython, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. 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 I, I don't know if that's still around. Wow. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it working for also like a consultancy company at a time where we had a customer whose requirement was that everything needed to run as a um, web logic application container. And uh, we, we, we were made aware quite late of this requirement in the development cycle. And so I, I remember having done a few really unholy things to port uh, Python code, Ruby code, uh, a uh, common Lisp actually uh, to run <laughs> inside of a, <laughs> a, a, a container. Um, it started when we delivered the project, but uh, I won't vouch for anything <laughs> more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So okay. So we're, we're kind of Sorry. we got to closure. No, that's no, good. It's good. Yeah. So we got oh. to closure. We've been so, a lot of reminiscing going on here today. Um, right. So. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe we should uh, have a quick like catch up as to what we kind of like started talking about, Kim, or to motivate mm. you to come onto the show um, and to like give some background about why why we started talking on the Clojurian Slack about um, performance of um, lambdas and and uh, closure in lambdas. So maybe maybe you're a good in a good place to sort of give a bit of background on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, so, like, uh, uh, Ray puts out some message in Clojure Slack, and then I reply in the thread, and a couple of messages later, I get invite. <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> so, 
something like that. Yeah, that's something a, happened. <laughs> that's you're very good at executive summaries. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> losing a lot of the detail here, though. But <laughs> it's essentially yeah. the timeline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. So uh, yeah, it's uh, funny thing. I don't know how this this kind of spans maybe uh, a bit uh, because. Uh, well, in in my <laughs> closer journey, I, I was working in a, uh, another Finnish consultancy, Solita, and we had a, a, a telecom customer, like one third third biggest biggest telecom in Finland, and we were doing this fancy new analytics stuff. Uh, are there any other any telecom companies apart from Nokia? I mean, I thought that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, there's uh, well, like. Uh, um, uh, there's Telia and uh, Elisa and DNA, <laughs> which you can like go to the store and buy your subscription. Oh, like, okay. Nokia make, make, makes the hardware and uh, other stuff, but then you yeah. have these companies who make the cell phone subscriptions. And right, right, right. So, so they so they kind of operate the network. They run the like mm. yeah stuff that uh, well actually well, yeah I don't know which ones hardware they actually use, but. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, so but this like circling kind of uh, tie, tying the uh, uh, ends of the rope of or different ropes of this story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 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 uh, so I got to I don't know got to look into a lot of AWS stuff, and I was messing around with lambdas. Uh, this was like 2016 is. Uh, Things and uh, and I guess there was it was maybe 2016 that I watched the talk on uh, closer cons that 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 Christoph Grond was giving with uh, with some other guy whose name I forget. Sorry, <laughs> that, <laughs> that uh, on on like what what he was working back at that time and uh, yeah okay I, I might might remember this wrong but uh he, he was working with this uh apache spark uh so yes. kind of yeah but mm. uh, streaming patching perhaps kind of map kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh and he was making a library uh to use uh closer uh with apache spark in a nice way and uh and uh how like uh, Spark is written in Scala, and it has a, has a kind of cell, like Spark cell thing. So you can kind of start to sell a kind of REPL, and then type code in there, and it would compile it, send the bytecode to the cluster uh, hmm. and to the, the worker nodes. But uh, you had there were some closer libraries around Spark, uh, but they kind of required you to ahead ahead of time compile stuff. Mm-hmm. So you kind of lost the REPL there. Mm. But uh, but Christoph was working on a library called Powder Cake. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So you could like start the REPL and it captured the bytecode and it used the same mechanism that Spark had to basically add a char to the class mm. path of the worker nodes. So so I was like we were also like looking into data stuff and on that project and I was like hey like we have to like look look into this. But uh, so, start of 2017, I was going to 
parental leave. I had my like second born, and uh, and so I kind of left the left the project. I came back after three months, but uh, so during that time I was kind of the Americans are all thinking, "What is this guy? What is going on here? You know, what do you mean?" <laughs> We're not back after like fifteen minutes of parental leave. <laughs> anyway, epic times, yeah. So you came yeah, back, true. yeah, yeah. Actually, like the current project that I'm in, my colleague also left for parental leave, and he's maybe coming back uh, in August too. But <laughs> and, and that that project is for a client that that's in the state, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's really Explain. trolling okay yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh so yeah neat, neat time so i i kind of like just bumped a bit uh and tried to like uh contribute to the library uh spark was co- going through a upgrade of 1.5 to 2.x something and mm-hmm. and they had some like uh binary incompatibilities <laughs> actually <laughs> like God but, damn it. Yeah, Scala. You, I don't know. That's Scala. What you can <laughs> <Yeah>. do, yeah. <laughs> but, but, oh uh, well, actually, not actually the Scala kind of compiler thing, but I don't think. But yeah. So uh, anyway, I remember that, that, that the talk that Christoph gave, he like said at the end of the talk that he had some ideas for Lambda. And I was mm-hmm. like, hmm. Uh, then then I started like con- contributing and he contacted me and uh, then like, uh, like uh, I, I guess it, I forget, but maybe it was him who kind of suggested that, hey, there were some ideas on, on Lambda. Yeah, I, I watched your talk, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> let's let's work on this. And and we submitted a, a talk proposal to close a tray, and and it went in. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and then then like some, some amount of talk driven development followed. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> so but, this is uh, common in academia, by the way. Like you yeah. supply the abstract and then yeah. basically you have, it gets accepted and you have six months to actually uh, figure out whether the abstract <laughs> yeah. can work. <laughs> that, that's, so, how, yeah. that's how industry works as well, as far as I'm concerned. I make a proposal <laughs> and I you know, get yeah. funding for it, backing for it. Then I spend the next six months actually seeing if it can work. <laughs> yeah, very, very similar. Like you have to yeah, get VC funding and you have this. Uh, <laughs> so like, like this. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Another story. Maybe this winds back into like what Ray was asking. But I remember my uh, that this Ekahau times they uh, we were doing this hardware to like track uh, uh, with Wi-Fi uh, stuff, and the like uh, CEO of the company was going to investors, and and the device was, was quite, quite kind of small, uh, and they had like first 3D prints of the device, and they were like. But the, like of of the box, and um, but the but it didn't have any innards. It didn't have the chipsets and like stuff <laughs> inside. So sure. he, he he like in he he told the story that he went to the investors and when going from the hotel he put some soap like <laughs> from the hotel <laughs> into the box so that it would wait a bit so it oh, okay. looked more real. <laughs> so. <laughs> so uh, and then you try to get the funding for the company. <laughs> so. did, 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 they wash, did they wash their hands of him? Uh, I don't remember. But, I, but uh, it was good times at the company. So maybe it worked. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, so I don't know. So we did this uh, 
2017, I got to give, give a talk with Christoph uh, in Closer Tray. And uh, it was on this part, part key project. And right. So, so, uh, so I idea was that you had the REPL and you defined the function there. And uh, then we captured the bytecode and uh, deployed it into Lambda with the mm. Savium runtime. Mm. And, and while, while you did this, you had this function kind of called mount. So uh, you got to define that I have, like, in my repo, I have function and it takes these arguments. And uh, the mount function took a URL template and you mapped the URL parameters to the uh, function arguments. Mm -hmm. And when you did the mount, it created an API gateway uh, uh, route into AWS. Mm -hmm. And then you, like, the idea was that you could fast way to de deploy a Lambda from your Apple and then you get it running. And mm. so it's like super fast way to kind of deploy it. But uh, yeah, that, that was then. Um, uh, yeah, like uh, other interesting stuff like spin out of, spun out of that. Like uh, <laughs> I guess Christoph was looking at the closer code that I was writing to interact with the Java, uh, AWS Java library to create this. Uh, AWS API and Lambda and I don't know. There's lots of REST APIs to like configure mm. stuff in AWS and and this could be more generic and <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> so so we we spun spun out this uh, uh, AWS uh, SDK library so which generated clients. It did basically the same thing that AWS API the Cognitec library. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, and at the same year, the AWS API library comes out, <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 I was like, yeah. okay, re relieved that there was there was there was like a lot of stuff to do on that era. But then it kind of turns out that this other company has been making this five years and <laughs> and they put it out. And well, anyway, but but yeah. So uh, I I don't know. I've been like. I, then I went to other uh, projects and actually kind of switched company, but I've been kind of looking at this. There's some something that kind of stuck with me with the idea of this mm. uh, uh, running uh, closer in the Lambda environment. And mm. I guess Ray had had a kind of idea that there's there's lots of there's this holy Lambda thing. This uh, made by this Carol. I probably butcher his name if I try to, <laughs> but but this uh, uh, so which kind of uh, has tooling around making uh, AWS lambdas uh, with uh, native image compilation because mm. I, I well you you kind of remember that so how how AWS lambda kind of works is that uh, or I don't know I'm not in the team so I don't know I just like. But but it looks outside. <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah. That, yeah. But but there's so but I I don't know they have resources in their compute data centers and then you define this lambda and it uh, starts a process and uh, and I I like kind of like in the CTI sense of era like you, when you were like having your Apache and PHP and. It's just like uh, send the file there, and then it starts the process to run the script, and then the script runs and exits, and 
yeah, you have your HTML on your browser. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so, so there's like lots of options doing this Lambda stuff. You could do a JVM closer and use the built-in runtime that uh, AWS has. Uh, hmm. If you are, uh, uh, if the startup, because JVM startup isn't that fast, then it's all the crawl VM native image stuff mm. kind of came along and like work to this doing great stuff with the Babaska thing. And, and so with Holy Lambda, you have a, there's a, uh, there's a custom runtime, like, uh, like early days Lambda didn't, it supported like, I, I guess really early on supported Java quite early. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't, so. maybe no JS, maybe. But yeah. Java was like there quite early, but but so uh, so. I think it was one of the earliest ones because remember me yeah. and Wouter, me and Wouter actually worked together at the time that Lambdas came out, yeah. and okay. um, yeah. we I think it was around about let's say the the August or the September it came out, and I think we all got excited about it, and I think we did some kind of like proof of concept around Christmas time, yeah, and mm. then we did a project with it the next year because it was pretty successful, you know. And mm. uh, yeah, Java was definitely there from the start. I'm sure of it. I'm pretty sure we did some in Java and then some in Node.js. I I kind of remember writing some Node.js code for it, but I'm yeah. fairly yeah, certain yeah. it did Java back then. This was beta, right? Like it was pre-GA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like they had this like only write business code kind of thing, but yeah. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I I I kind of think that the, like targeting Java would be like, hey, there's the business code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> But but yeah. but yeah. So so uh, so okay. If you want to do uh, closer on the lambda, you could do uh, the JVM closer. Uh, but it didn't it didn't start that fast. So you yeah. had other other option could be just to abandon the JVM also oh, totally and go no JS. Yeah and, yeah. And yeah. Uh, maybe it's. Just because I'm, I don't know, this old Java guy, and <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I, I've got to tell you that, like, Bork, you talked about Bork dude earlier on. You know, he has this uh, B, 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 Babashka that does it, but he also has another tool, NBB, and yep. NBB, um, which is which is a kind of uh, JavaScript implementation, essentially, um, of of you know, like ClojureScript, yeah. but they have, he uses this Psy interpreter. And then NBB, you can deploy that to Lambdas. And again, I think what you're looking for, you're just looking for a very, very quick startup because I think mm. I think people have done all these studies that say that performance is kind of evens out if you've, if you've got like, because the, the, the thing that you kind of missed out about the Lambdas is that unlike the CGI thing, there is something called a warm start and a cold start. So maybe, maybe just pick that one up. Yeah, yeah. This Funny this NBB thing. I, I remember when it was called TBD to be done. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 like uh, I was. There's also like one trail of uh, thought there. Like uh, I, for some reason, I, I was dabbling in uh, like running uh, closer script on top of Node because of writing this. There, there's this uh, front end testing tool called Cypress, mm -hmm. and and so I tried writing this while well, I was reading their docs and like my colleagues were like, uh, also like that this is a, it was a kind of a hype that, that, that this is the thing. And, 
but how do you do closer to uh, on this mm. Cypress? And they even the, even in the docs they had this like okay you have this preprocessor and you could do a closer script preprocessor. It reads on their docs like like mm. hey who, who put closer script here <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and like but is there any closer script thing? Well, not really. Then I was I was dabbling into in this area and I don't know writing a proof of concept thing that uh, kind of uh, Tommy at our company like uh, looked at and now it's also in a couple of projects. But I don't good stuff there. But I was kind of dabbling on that side of CLCS compilation and and uh, like running on top of no- close script on top of Node and somehow bumping into Park Dude. And I guess he got bumped by this. Let's do Psy on Node, a couple mm-hmm. of other times too. But that's my moment when I got uh, like included in. He did a presentation like uh, when like MVB was kind of out, and uh, I was listed also in the like slides on contributing a little. But but yeah, but MVB is really great, and I. Uh, there's like a couple of people in closer in Slack that are uh, being like looking into this Lambda stuff and, and, and all like NPP, the node stuff also included. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's good stuff. And I guess like work dude is working with this cherry thing. So there's like part of kind of, uh, you get to compile stuff, uh, not always. Uh, interpret so hmm. that might be uh, like a good way forward forward also but uh, but yeah but I kind of I was still like wishing that it would be neat that there would be something for the JVM closer so I wouldn't have to abandon the JVM <laughs> so, yes definitely so, yeah. yeah yeah I think everything else as well I mean the truth of the matter is I mean, Borkdude is epic, and we all know this, and, and the tools are really getting a lot of community support. But if you go to a large company and say, I want to use this like tool that's just hot off the shelf six months from this one guy, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, well, hmm. It's okay for like for experimenting and stuff like that, but for like if you're gonna deploy it for business applications. And I have done that, so I'm 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 not against that, but I, a lot of places you can't do it. You know, I think in startups and very small companies, you get a lot more freedom and latitude to do that. Um, but if you're in a kind of relatively large company and you have to have some, like, let's say you have to have some process of, of getting your technology approved, it's more sure. tricky. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible or, you know, and of course it should be possible, but um, but but I think a lot of people would quite like to to be able to use the, the the JVM landers, and I think it's not just because of it's not just because of um, like the JVM per se. It's because they've got some code they already use. Yeah. You know, they've got functions, yeah. they've got libraries, and they just want to put that. The, rather than putting like they want to have got a microservice now, they just want to split it out some of those functions and put them into lambdas because you know it only runs once a day or something that kind of yeah. stuff. So there's plenty of like ad hoc reasons why. You know, Java closure, you know, JVM closure should be a kind of first-class citizen on lambdas. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, Sorry, that's... I was gonna just like echo the point where 
like you might just have a sizable investment in the ecosystem, like internal libraries, external libraries that you know how to use patterns that you've applied that, that, you know, work well, um, or just like integration with existing things, right? Like there's a good client for this thing you have internally every, and, and there's those things or are valid. Yeah. Kaf Kafka. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. For once. <laughs> But like, and those things are immensely valuable. Yeah. Like, there's why you should not have to yeah. abandon them, because if in and that's I, for me, it's also like the telltale sign of good technology. It's like it 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 can meet you in the middle, right? Like, if the if the initial premise of a piece of technology is like you will have to rewrite your stack, uh, you know, that's probably not what you're looking for. You want gradual adoption. You want you you want it to meet you where you are uh, although like we start like we said at the beginning generally throw it all in a bin and write it in closure yeah. <laughs> well, well, so but like case in yeah. point like why why are we here right like because closure is, meets you where you are right like it allows you yeah. to bring all the java ecosystem with you of libraries and drivers and and yeah like it fun. actually yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. the key selling point of of, of yeah. why this list and not another one is because it actually yeah, yeah, yeah. did make yeah. a very conscious effort to meet you where you are. Yeah. Yeah, you are on the fair. JVM yeah. with all that infrastructure. So let's let's uh, embrace that. And that's so annoying. Uh, that's, a, that's annoyingly reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that's I'll true. be banned from the next episode. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you need to be. You need to get VJ. You need to get more VJ style. Be more polemic. You know. True. Yeah. Anyway, so, sorry, Kimo. Uh, we're going back to lambdas yeah. now. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still there's like one thought of like uh, using another language. Maybe if you get uh, in a big company uh, into a project that's uh, bought by a separate department. And, uh, ah, yeah, that's also uh, true. That, that, yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah, thing, and yeah. Then, yeah. then work on the new stuff. It's I don't know. I kind of yeah. experienced that. <laughs> so, yeah, mergers and acquisitions help. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, that true. Yeah, but but yeah, and and yeah, and not to say that like uh, there's lots of new people coming into the language, and it's not mm. only people mm. coming from Java background. Just lot of people coming that haven't actually been using the JVM at all. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. it's 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 really like uh good to be able to support other runtimes too. So definitely, like, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but yeah so I don't know there's has to be this kind of fancy niche of <laughs> trying <laughs> trying to use the JVM in, in places. So 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 yeah uh, I guess that the JVM does this is it's really dynamic. You can load in new code and and uh, and well, uh, closer has a good. Uh, there's the REPL and like uh, if uh, well, the the lambda environment is kind of evil in that sense that it kind of fights you back that you have <laughs> you have only processes that are only are alive when an event is uh, handled. And otherwise, yes, they are yes. dormant. So, like, uh, if you'd have to, if you'd want to have a REPL and you would like, uh, hey, I want to REPL this into this process and execute something. Ah, uh, no, you have to send an event actually. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so yeah, you can't have anything running on the background. So, but, uh, but yeah, I guess there was like a couple of stuff that uh, I don't know to, to look into that Slack thread. But actually, 
did we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, one one thing yeah. I'd say about the uh, about the other thing I'd say there's a, there's a few things there's a few bits of technology that have happened in Lambda mm. Land, let's say, that uh, that are interesting from a from a kind of deployment perspective and a repo perspective. Yeah. We didn't really talk about this, but if you there, there was something that Amazon did uh, before the thing we're going to talk about was called uh, Lambda URLs and that meant that you could basically deploy a Lambda and it would be given an address on the network and be given a kind of like API gateway by default. So so that makes it like super easy to like establish um, to establish a Lambda and establish a network connection to it. So mm. so that, that that's really nice in terms of like just workflow perspectives. Um, so if you just want to test out one function, you can just do that without mm. any of this kind of fuss or muss in front of like, because if you if you want to use API gateways, then it's another bit of tech you've got to learn, another bit mm. of deployment you've got to do. And, you know, I don't know, I, I really, I've got a kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I get API gateways kind of like useful, but it's, God damn it, it's hard to work with. Um, yeah. So this Lambda URL thing is really nice in terms of like informally testing out your code in Lambdas. It's really good. Mm. You can just deploy it and you don't have to worry about all the kind of like, yeah, all the gateway stuff that is possible, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then there's this other stuff, the snap start stuff that we started to talk about. Yeah, true. Yeah. And, uh, like, so maybe well, you can explain a little bit about snap start and firecracker and all these kind of things. Because I think, I think, again, I think it's fair to say that we do know how lambdas run, you know, not not perfectly, but we know that there are certain substrates in place mm. because the Amazon people tell us, you know. So it's yeah. not it's not a secret, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they have the I don't know two pizza or what's the kind of theme and <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they they build the service that uh that has a like a HTTP API. Then there's another pizza team who makes the API gateway, this kind of proxy thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I guess they, I don't know, maybe they, with the function URL, maybe the so pizza slice coming from the API guys that <laughs> I, I, we, we can do this function URL for you. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, like, so yeah, actually, this Lambda stuff, because the current project that I'm working in is uh, we had lots of serverless stuff coming. Uh, hmm. going on there and there's a bit of uh, NLP machine learning thing. The kind of odd thing there is that the Axel, the application is uh, really infrequently used. Hmm. So, hmm. Uh, and like most heavily used at the end of quarter. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of <laughs> annoying that there's this like activity times and then dormant time. But uh, but this kind of Lambda thing kind of fits there. But uh, hmm. and Maybe it's the way currently we have the infrastructure set up is that there's like different AWS account per client, so it's really separated. Hmm. So, so I got to like, so yeah. So we were working on Lambda stuff there, and uh, we did a kind of proof of concept first, which was mostly like talking from the front end directly to like DynamoDB and so on. But then we realized that we have to. Like having an API in the middle is actually a <laughs> good, good, good thing. So, uh, like options for like uh, abandon JVM or go node. Mm, I don't know. And then like, well, okay, let's if we go JVM, then uh, well, there might be this startup stuff. Mm, 
maybe that would have not been such a big thing even, but so I put in this uh, holy lambda thing then. We have native image there uh, for the startup. But like, uh, yeah, the snap start, which came. But I think the holy lambda, if I'm not wrong, uses yeah. Docker. Uh, well, yeah. So so it has this custom runtime. So okay. uh, in, in, the, in the Lambda thing, they have these built-in runtimes where you can, like, with the Java runtime, for example, just uh, put char and implement an interface. And the runtime looks up a class that you give by name. And it has to implement the interface and in invokes the interface. <clears throat> but the custom runtime uh, is such that you have a process that pulls events from localhost from this specific um, mm. kind of port. And uh, the holy lambda has a, like its own runtime. And right. That's, okay. Yeah, that's that's why. And, and that runtime is then native image compiled. And, ah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, at, not at the end, yeah. yeah, at the end, you have a, just a, your ring handler, kind of, mm, and mm. You, you like mm. close a ring handler, and you implement your API in, in that. But like, uh, I guess it was in December last year, 2022, AWS came out with this uh, Lambda snap start, and specifically, I guess it's currently only for the Java runtime. Yes. But but uh, turns out that how they run. Uh, that the processes that they run, they use this uh, Linux hypervisor, this KVM kernel virtual machine, mm -hmm. and and they there's this firecracker uh, thing, which I guess is a some kind of kind of front end to the KVM thing that they uh, 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 virtual machine manager thing. And, yeah, and I think they uh, call it a micro virtual machine manager, don't they? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, so that uh, they like uh, <laughs> this is also something that I like bumped into long time ago when I was in studying in universities. That uh, what if you take a process and what if you freeze it? You save the like memory and everything that the process is running. Move it to another computer later time mm. and thaw it. And it's not stuff stuff is same thing that they uh, yeah. yeah when you when you when you deploy uh, this JVM lambda uh, you uh, if you make a published version out of it it's like currently kind of tied to the kind of publishing thing uh, then uh, then they start the process and then they freeze it and <laughs> uh, and it's actually mm. like when you do it, if you go and look at Cloudflare logs, you see that they do it in like several regions, like they do several snapshots, like uh, when that right, happens. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and the thing why they do it in snapshot is that like uh, resuming the snapshot is fast. So, like we had this in this like application, well, this is like back of the napping kind of stats, but there's there's a like ring, ring API. Uh, with Reitit and Monta and all the other Metasin libraries <laughs> and stuff. And, and, and it, <clears throat> so it, it, it kind of took in the order of five to eight seconds the cold start uh, right. to start. But with that snap start, you get, you, you're like, well, in an unoptimized way in the ballpark of 500 milliseconds. 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, so like I went this effort of like putting native uh, image compilation. There were a couple of tricky things on like getting say closer the body library, which has this bouncy castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And of crypto things to kind of actually work with that, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and then this uh, snapshot like comes along and ah yeah you don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so yeah so that was so like so so that you didn't have to abandon the JVM. You could still be writing a, a lambda with a JVM closer, and you and you. You still have the opportunity for it to start fast because of this underlying kind of technology change. Of uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's an amazing yeah. stuff. It's just like the virtual machine images used to get, or whatever. You know, pre Docker, you people used to make a virtual machine and then send it around, but it was very heavyweight. But mm. but like you say, now what they do is they just start up this process at a certain entry point, freeze it, and then they'll just rehydrate it on demand. And yeah. their their argument is that all you do is just read it from the disk and just just start the process running. Then it's super 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 fast. But if if I have to wager a guess here, I'm I'm fairly certain it's uh, it's essentially a VM snapshot because because basically your lambda is an actual VM, right? So, so it is a VM snapshot, yeah. And that's yeah, what Fire Firecracker runs these. They're called yeah, exactly. micro VMs, but the idea is that. The idea is that you know, at the end of the day, so, something this lambda is a virtual machine. Yeah. So we don't know. We don't know, like like Kimo says, we don't know how it produces this this machine exactly. You know, what what yeah. what the mechanism is to exactly produce this machine, but it's it's some kind of like uh, virtual virtual. You know, they're using some kind of virtualization yeah. technology to but, make but, it happen. But, yeah, but I think. Most likely, why it only works on the built-in one is because, like you said, you have to create your own class, and and then, um, like they will call the method on the class, which gets you the event, but that gives them like super low level access because they can basically boot the VM, and they know they know also inside of the JVM then, like up until what point it needs to run before their code makes the method call to the thing you've implemented. Right, which oh, yeah, gives yeah. them, which yeah. gives them like the, this real line of like, this is where we snapshot, right? Like we, the code is most likely like just before we call your method handler, we're calling snapshot on the runtime underneath, and then you. Uh, get, that's that's yeah. true. That's true. But remember, Java has an entry point called main, so you know there there are there are there are already kind of mechanisms used in Java for this, so. So there are, there are plenty of other technologies yeah. that, that that can kind of take advantage of this. Like you know, I mean, I think what you're saying is there's a fu- sort of functional contract in the lambda, which is yes. definitely true. But but maybe Kimo can explain. There are other like there are other JVM technologies um, which are looking at doing something very similar. Uh, there is even a, 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 a standard proposal for it, if I remember rightly. Uh, yeah, after. Uh, still, still for this. Uh, so, uh, the Linux also has this uh, checkpoint and restore in user space yeah. kind of thing. Huh. So, like, uh, like, uh, so if you have a running process, it might be uh, reading out of a socket. It might be reading a file. Hmm. It might be 
doing all sorts of like I don't know useful and crazy stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> and, and and then then the kernel comes up like I'm hey let's close this and let's like let's turn the lights off and put you into like sleep and <laughs> and then, then you have hmm. hey but I have this socket here <laughs> and I I'm reading this file and so so there's like all sorts of uh, state going on and that is possibly kind of tricky <laughs> and <laughs> and like turns out that there's this uh, checkpoint and rest- well okay if you go into the lambda docs they have uh you can implement another there's a java interface which you can implement and which gets called when there's a, a checkpoint being made and with you have a method that gets called when the checkpoint is made and then you you can do other stuff like prepare for it maybe you could do pull some machine learning image somewhere and initialize some stuff <laughs> and <laughs> and then when you wake up you like have it initialized and like ready for use and and mm. and you have and and that interface has like method that gets called after the restore uh, they have some limits i guess the checkpoint version you have uh, your maximum like 15 minute runtime at use but the restore has to happen fast so there's i guess if I, I don't i recall that there's like two seconds runtime that within this runtime you have to do your stuff otherwise if you don't then there's a execution error <laughs> so mm. but 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 yeah so now i'm like blanking out on the like other standard stuff but but yeah the uh it, anyway anyway this process hibernation thing and towing like uh that just uh, allowed to still go and use the JVM. <laughs> so that, that's a nice yeah. Thing. I mean, I think I think the point is that there is a. I mean, maybe as we we we'll park that uh, that yep. JVM yep. standard for a minute. Um, but th- the point is that it's a, it's actually quite a general solution. But the, I think what's what's interesting that we talked about uh, in the library that you made um, is how to exploit this um these hooks in the the snap start thing to re to kind of re rebuild the lambda the closure um lambda um so that you don't have to have this that the that the cycle for for kind of like redeployment is super super smooth and super quick maybe maybe yeah. it's like maybe just talk through that a little bit because i i know that's pretty exciting i think yeah yeah uh hopefully like uh there won't be a letdown <laughs> at, at the end <laughs> but but uh but yeah so like so I, I was like uh okay hey there's this snap start and uh what if you like uh have new code uh going on that uh that that uh we would have uh this checkpoint phase where you could where you could like uh execute stuff <laughs> so uh so you could have like a uh because there's uh well yeah because there's this uh, other kind of thing uh lambda has this layer kind of uh thing that uh that you can you can uh make some kind of shared layer and then have the application code yeah so uh the idea that I had that uh, 
let's uh, only uh, uh, yeah okay so let's let's do it so that you could you could deploy your uh, your lambda uh, the closer code and uh, for it to uh, run you have to uh, ahead of time compile <laughs> and but uh, what if you wouldn't need to do that ahead of time compilation on your machine let the lambda do it so so mm. uh, so uh, <laughs> idea was that uh, you only compile this uh, minimal uh, uh, class that is the well the the tape uh, so the java uh, uh, lambda runtime works so that it loads a, a java class so what if you uh, compile this uh, java class and uh, and not 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 the whole application and inside the java class you do requiring resolve uh, so you load the uh, closer code, and uh, it's only at that time when uh, you have to turn the closer code to bytecode, and you might have like I don't know some amount of closer code maybe running there, <laughs> maybe. And uh, and doing this at the start of like event handling would be not so nice, but uh, hey, let's put this into this uh, checkpoint phase. <laughs> so when when the when when you've, got 50, you've got 15 <coughs> minutes, yeah. So. yeah. So, so you've got a CI that has 15 minutes of <laughs> credits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let, yeah. let's try doing that. Uh, so so I did this CLC Lambda layered thing. But uh, yeah, okay. So I kind of continued after that, also looking a bit further. But uh, it kind of actually turns out that, uh, well, yeah, like the laptop th that I have is... is uh, it's kind of speedy. It's more speedy than the Lambda uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that I have. <laughs> so why why not use it to do some amount of the compilation too? So it, it was, it, but uh, but the idea was still to kind of use for the, use the uh, checkpoint phase for like great good uh, do do stuff uh, mm -hmm. on the cloud. <laughs> uh, obviously, they also build you for that so it's not like a freelance but <laughs> but but anyway like open open some kind of avenues of uh uh doing computation uh during the deployment in order to prepare your stuff so that when the event comes then you're ready and and uh hmm. yeah and kind of tie it to the kind of development phase that uh that, that uh you would like have a fast way of deploying stuff maybe this uh yeah this could be a segue to to that another experiment that i did after that <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, yeah yeah so like uh so this uh uh port key and with hacking with christoph ground and the kind of uh live lambda uh from the repl reloading thing like uh i guess like one one idea left from that time was that well uh what if you put uh because every time when you deploy a new new lambda it, it has to uh make a new process so it has to kind of uh abandon the old process and uh, start a new process but uh what if you uh like would not do a deploy uh you have a class loader in the JVM and you could like 
go and load new co- code <laughs> positively mm-hmm. in the like into the running uh, program. <laughs> so, so uh, okay, <laughs> let's let's do a setup so that uh, uh, so I did a library. What's what's the name? This uh, CLJ uh, Lambda side loader. So uh, so you do do this initial compilation. You initially compile AOT, compile your closer JVM code, bytecode, deploy a lambda. Uh, but uh, include uh, in, into it uh, a side loader thing that uh, that when enabled just uh, uh, goes and adds uh, uh, to the class path with a uh, URL uh, 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 class loader. Uh, a new archive, so you can you can do an arrangement so that uh, you have have your lambda initially, and uh, then deploy it, and uh, then you leave a watch running on the background, and when you do new uh, closer code, uh, when you first ahead of time compile the closer code to bytecode, and send the archive to lambda, you skip the uh, uh, Closer source code, uh, so you only mm. put the bytecode there. And how closer compiler works at it looks uh, at you. Is there a bytecode for this uh, like function? And uh, and if not, uh, then it uh, looks that is there uh, a file for this uh, where this stuff is contained in. And then it mm. does the compilation. So uh, the idea was that uh, okay, let's uh, let's do a side loader that. Uh, What's this? Uh, that if there's any, uh, uh, you, locally you start the bots, uh, that packages uh, your closer code into a zip file, puts it into S3, and when when the lambda runs, then it goes to S3, looks at this specific object, and uh, if it has changed, uh, then loads it uh, locally <laughs> onto the class pad, and uh, and then you have to write your uh, event handler so that uh, it's reloadable and in the event handler before running the event handler we basically call uh, require reload so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, just, that's a kind of neat hack uh, but yeah. I, I haven't used this in production but I don't know I don't have <laughs> other, others like not using it but uh, but yeah. I mean, to, to uh, me, it sort of reminds me of like, you know, people were sort of talking about the, like the iPhone, like if you, if you've got, if you're on the iPhone yeah. and you want to deploy something, yeah, then you have to sign it and you have to upload an artifact and get it all deployed. It has mm. to go through the, a, 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 a kind of check at the app store to get it signed off and then it's deployed onto the phones and it's in the app, it's in the app store. And, um, when when Apple released this JavaScript core, a lot of people started saying, hmm, <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's just maybe it's we can uh, load code at runtime. Yeah. That doesn't require going through the Apple store, you know. And it turns out that Apple are okay with this, you know, providing you don't change the nature of the application. Um, you know, as long as you're just basically essentially bug fixing or just adding small features to the application, then they're okay with it. And this is this kind of reminds me of that for lambdas, mm. you know, that you're kind of you're avoiding paying yeah. all of that cost 
of the kind of deployment hassle and all this kind of stuff. And instead, you're just using using a really nice trick, let's call it, uh, to to essentially load the code at runtime. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I, no, I no one gets hurt, yeah. you know. True. Yeah, I, I remember Re- React Native when it came out. That, that, yeah. Uh, same pitch. That, that, yeah. The, like, uh, I had a chance to do a React Native app, and I was like almost like doing that side load stuff, <laughs> but then <laughs> but it didn't quite make make it before it had a like tight deadline when it had had to come out. But but yeah. I don't. I guess. I guess at the end of the day, it's like Lambda and how AWS they they uh, they make the environment and they like have their like uh, how how you should use it. But then I was like, hmm, hey, there's this idea. Like, <laughs> like yes. you give me you gave me a computer. I could try try using yeah. it this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but isn't it also a bit where? I mean, it's been a long time since I used. Uh, like Lambda, so maybe the ergonomics of it have changed, right? But what I still remember is that the the dev cycle is kind of long and the deployment process is kind of painful. Like there's quite a few, like you said, there's quite a few steps to it. Um, and so it's, it's cumbersome and it's slow. Um, and especially during development, like you want quick feedback. I mean, it, it, it's it's why uh, the the REPL is uh, praised uh, in every episode, right? Like it's um, mm-hmm. like the fast feedback is is especially when it to code very important. And like with yeah. Lambda, I didn't have that like at, at the time, right? Because like the only way to sort of test it was to run it on their infrastructure, which meant you had to do a deploy. Which you know, like best case scenario, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. want to put a number in it, but it was like. It was counted in minutes, right? Which is long enough to like, get you out of your flow. So I feel like yeah. this this is um, this is meant to scratch that itch, I guess, because you you just package a zip and upload to S3, which goes as fast as your upload link can do, and then you fire off the event using curl, I suppose, or something similar. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and and like you test, which gets you way closer to. Which gets you way closer to how you would develop something similar just locally on your laptop, I guess. Like you have a REPL, you fight, you, you patch the function up, and you hit the same HTTP call, and you check whether the, the result is now what you want. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Amazon has this uh, for other languages, not for Java actually, but for other languages, it has this console. So you can go into the console and you can change your code and redeploy. And that's actually quite nice and quick, that one. Okay. And that's one of the things that Bork do, like, was trying to push for when he was doing NBB, and depending on your on the arrangements you make, if you if it, the NBB code is relatively light, you know you can edit it in the console, redeploy, and then you get what you're talking about, Wouter. It's mm. like super fast. You know you've got something, or you've made a mistake on some call on or some some small thing or some you know some number is out of whack or whatever. Uh, so hey presto, now you can uh, you can do the same kind of thing hmm. without all the bullshit of Amazon's console. Even you know you can be doing it from your. Um, let's just put in VJ's little word yeah, here, yeah, yeah. Emacs or some other shit. You know yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, but it doesn't have Emacs the console. It's not Emacs. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's, maybe it's we can uh, we can uh, we can we can st- we can uh, paste in his question now, uh, Kimo. Emacs or some other shit. Yeah, so 
Yeah, it, it's Emacs. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Thank, thank God we've well, got the interesting well, stuff out of the way first then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, like, I don't know. So I had, like, uh, well, uh, good friends at uh, university and they were all, all using Emacs. So I don't know. I went went along. I had my years of Eclipse like uh, and Java. Okay. Oh, well. And, yeah. and, and, and I don't know. It was when I was coming back to Closer then. Uh, mm, well, there was Eclipse had a had a plugin, I forget the name. Uh, but uh, it kind of died out. But Clockwork then, yeah. or something, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, ca- counterclockwise. Counterclockwise, yeah. yeah. Clockwork, but, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I then kind of went back to Emacs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and, yeah. The Eclipse startup time makes Emacs look fast. So it's... Uh... <laughs> True. It, it, makes clo- it makes JVM closure on Lambdas look fast. Yeah, yeah exactly. So like, I, if, if that's the alternative, like, like, I can't blame you. Um. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like this uh, Lambda and uh, development thing, I don't like it. Maybe it was Rich who said that not everything is awesome. So, <laughs> it, so yeah, it's not 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 that awesome. But I guess there's like there's something to it to try to like. Okay, hey, maybe uh, they are working on it and uh, stuff, start and stuff, and kind of like could there be a way? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's it, it's kind of uh, enough of a, of a lore to kind of look into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that thing, yeah. No, I think you did a really great job there, Kimo, actually. Um, honestly, I think it was, uh, to me, it's it's sort of, what it triggered in me was this feeling, and I, I've had conversations with other people as well, that that this seems like, it seems like, a, and I think it's, once the sort of scales fall from your eyes, you kind of realize that this is just the way we should be doing things. So before before we go into like that, I think there's, there are probably some things like you say about like open sockets and networks and um, like seeds for crypto functions. There are bits and pieces like this that there are there are sort of um, design aspects of the project when you're restarting things. There are some considerations that you have to care about because not all state is equal. You know, even though you've kind of you've got yourself all your bytecode state and you've got yourself started up, you know. If you're relying on like states like you know like particular crypto seeds as a great mm. example, then you you know you, you've got to be super careful. Um, but but in general, you know, um, if you're not doing anything like that, or if you can arrange for those things to be um, injected after this particular uh, startup period, um, and usually you can, I think, um, then uh, then it's all good. So, so then the question comes as to why just why aren't we just doing this everywhere all the time for everything, you know? Because then what's the point of Docker, basically? You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> because the whole yeah. point about Docker is that it's uh, it's runtime that can be shipped everywhere and restarted essentially, you know. But um, mm-hmm. but it's kind of heavyweight for what it's doing, you know. So now this, well, the interesting thing to me about this is that. This this firecracker thing that we haven't really talked in depth about too much, but we're kind of it's in the background, is it's it's Amazon's like first big open source project, hmm. and it is this it is this thing that that that's, that creates these uh, virtual machines, um, oh. and then is able to restart them and stop them and manage them, and it's very lightweight, it's very secure, very fast, um, and it's completely open source. So you know even other cloud vendors can use it. Hint, hint. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Does Ray get any bonuses from AWS? <laughs> well, I'm thinking about my friends in uh, in Exascale who uh, might want to implement lambdas. You know? <laughs> uh-huh. Aha. Okay, yeah. 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 No comment. <laughs> no, but but the the point is that uh, that you know I, I don't know if Firecracker will be the thing that Docker became. Um, I mean, Docker it, it seemed to be intent on trying to kill itself. Um, but uh, you know, but it, it, it's a sort of idea of being able to start up a small process and then just run it super quick from the beginning. Um, this this has general applicability. You know, it's not just something which is appropriate to lambdas or to you know small things. So, so yeah, I think it's uh, it's generally interesting. Yeah, there's like uh, this Java and the startup time. There's this project Laden uh, that uh, I don't know how how to how to pronounce, but uh, but yeah, like like t- generally it's. Uh, well, you kind of, well, uh, you trade CPU cycles for storage, yeah. like mm, uh, yeah, in, yeah. In, in that sense, that that it, when that, well, I I guess it, well, yeah, there there could be a say environmental aspect also, kind of that that uh, that when you're about to let's run. let's not get let's not get into <laughs> the environment because Maybe. you get all these rust fuckwits who tell us that if you're not writing everything in rust or c or whatever then you're burning the planet and it's all your fault like, yeah. fuck off talk to exxon talk to exxon and bp first yeah. come to me later <laughs> jesus christ okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. you're going to interrupt. Well, no, no, no. Really, like, just uh, think about. Well, first, first, just wanted to say that uh, something we've uh, we've been experimenting with uh, last two weeks at work is uh, running VMs in Docker containers um, <laughs> for hashtag reasons. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah. uh, so it, it can be done. There's actually some benefit to it. But um, no. Uh, uh, what, I, what, I, what I like about it is, is it's, it's this thing where um, latency matters, right? Like immediacy, latency, like for mm, feedback yeah. loops and mm. things like that. And, and generally speaking, so like slow startup times, like they kill latency. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. a bit the same, like if you do like full, <clears throat> full fat VMs, let's call them like that, like startup times are mm-hmm. slow mm-hmm. and like, like, uh, but it's, it's and I'm just ranting a bit here, right? Like general musings. Um, this might not go anywhere, um, but I think I think that's also part of the brand of the podcast. So I'll just let let it rip. Yep. Um, <laughs> but when I feel like in general, we we don't really tend to optimize for that. Um, where like we optimize kind of for, for throughput, uh, but and then often like that leads to batching, and like batching is very poor for latency. And then every once in a while, like latency gets really bad, and like some new tech will pop up which has better latency. Like you said, it was one of the prime reasons why Docker containers got pitched as like lightweight VMs because startup mm-hmm. time, right? Like mm-hmm. startup time was about as fast as your program, and the 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 runtime itself. I mean, there's some overhead to Docker, but like it's 
extremely minimal and like at the end it's just her kernel but like startup time was a huge argument for it um mm -hmm. um uh. and uh lots of different things like all the work bork dude's been doing uh like or the, or most likely all the work around native image like there's so much engineering that's going on but like the one the one thing like where why people reach for it is startup time because i can't build mm -hmm. my cli in java slash closure slash jvm and like if I do native image, which is like this huge chunk of like startup time, mm. it's better. Like latency gets better um, at the expense of throughput. Because if you want to run a high volume web server, you, you're probably better off with like regular JVM over a native image. Um, but uh, yeah, just generally, it's kind of like I feel like often like a lot of optimization gets put into throughput and other things, and we neglect latency. And then every once in a while, something new pops up because at the end, like we yeah. like things to be immediate, you know. I think there's also yeah. a sliding. So if I just before get Kemal back in, I think there's also this like sliding scale in between like latency throughput and availability. And I think this last one, availability, is something which is what the sort of Lambda and Fargate and all these kind mm. of things are playing with. This idea that actually you don't want these things to be on all the time. You don't want these things to mm. be. To, you want them to be available yeah. all the time. But you don't want to. You don't want them to be consuming memory or yeah, yeah. or space or electricity, you know. So if you can do things like really on demand, like at a network level, as soon as a packet comes in, you start your machine up. Then that's really good because that means you you know no one's paying for anything at that point, mm. you know. Mm. And and it, and it doesn't matter to a lot. And and, and again, you if you've got a very high throughput, very active website all the time, then you know your kind of design. Is horrible with these lambdas because you know you, yeah. you, you end up spending a lot of more money. And I think there's been a case in the last week or two where this has come back for Amazon themselves with Prime Video. Hmm. You know, where they've, yeah. <laughs> they've yeah. reabsorbed yeah. re their lambda kind of design <laughs> into uh, a monolith. But but yeah. my point is that there's a kind yeah. of like there's a there's a sort of three dimensional space here that we need to play with. You know, mm. yeah. yeah, through like the the uh, I don't know where this uh Crowvian like currently is but like it also has this like uh, throughput problem that uh, like if you run a long time you'll probably get better results if you would be on ho hotspot and yeah and, it's not and yeah. yeah and and i guess uh, so i don't know how they do the like billing how like uh who like uh figures out how much users should pay from lambda but like if you like take a lambda that would be like always on and compared to easy to the lambda price is higher but oh yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so so like that that, that there is this uh but but like then uh, i i was listening to another another post podcast just recently it's uh no see, see, we don't, see, uh, don't mention <laughs> it don't mention it don't mention it whatever it is okay. yeah you we're, can, we're like cut, we're like elon musk twitter you know we don't like external <laughs> links you know so yeah, yeah. You can, you freedom can of speech is there. okay but not that much you know come on jesus yeah <laughs> true so you can cut out the signal and thread name uh, <laughs> 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 so, anyway no, but who was it really? It's uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't mind. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, this uh, signals and threads, chain, chain Street. Uh, oh, okay, Chain Street. Hmm. Yeah, but all kind uh, of people. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's lots of all kind of in that <laughs> talk. <laughs> but yeah, they were like going through this uh, this uh, garbage collection stuff, uh, memory management things. But like uh, like 
like that that uh, if you do reference counting uh garbage collections it might be kind of snappy on like coming back on the reservations and freeing up but uh but if you do it there might be like cases uh when just doing it in in the background in batches is actually better <laughs> yeah. so so so, yeah, yeah. so it's like it, it's not 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 everything is on the same shape but but yeah this uh this trading cpu for disk like for the startup speed that if you like mm. ha- would have a way to like uh do initializations uh, of say uh, i don't know if it, i guess the jvm and uh, they are like with the project lading and so on like that, that let's try building something into the language too that you could uh uh do th- yeah. do work uh, before you execute and then uh then while you are executing then you get to uh apply this throughput uh friendly uh ways but you could mm-hmm. still have a way to like uh for the first thing that runs like uh execute it in a fast way and uh, i guess the like there might be like w- when you run it locally on your laptop uh it might be different than like when you run it in your data center i guess in the like data center environment is well it's more closed <laughs> so, <laughs> but but on your laptop i don't know you might have i don't know cats running around or <laughs> 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 so so it's it's but it the environment differs so it might be a bit complicated to get the same experience <laughs> exactly the same <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. working um both environments yeah so i it is this nagging thing in my head because i i know there's a project that did exactly what you're saying here and i used it i can't find the name but where you like you would start up and then in runtime code you would basically could make a call and say like take a memory snapshot right now mm. which it would write down and that's then, the crack thing is it but I, I i didn't well most most likely the pattern and you could start up another invocation and like reuse the memory dump that you did before and like therefore mm-hmm. regain it but i didn't use crack like it was not that it was something else um but like in any case like you said like this trade-off between this trade-off between startup time in, in disk space or even like optimizations because you could for example like run you could choose to run pieces of your workload right which would get i don't know what certain pieces of the runtime in a certain shape or state and then you snapshot that um mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. <laughs> for the last hour almost i've been trying to think of the name <laughs> it's not coming yeah. but I, i've used something like that yeah, but I think it's, it comes back to this point that, you, I mean, I don't know, it's not, it's like, you know, we know there's a few things that are hard in computing and caching is one of them. Um, and, yeah. uh, and and that's 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 where you, you're trying, you know, you're essentially caching bytecode here. Um, yeah. You know, whether you're doing it through com- a compiler or whether yeah. you're doing it through a snapshot, you know, it's, it's actually the same thing. You know, mm. whenever you compile anything, you've made some decisions that you're committing to. And so you're, you know, you're essentially, you know, uh, you're caching your decisions, if you like, in a program, um, yeah. you know, and, uh, but in, in the sort of reality of the programming world itself or the program itself, you're right, Wouter. I mean, half the time, you know, these, these caches could be just brought up front, you know, um, yeah. and, 
and then brought into sort of being made live. And we're seeing this in in the sort of web world, aren't we, where you have this um, server-side rendering stuff occurring where, you know, they're saying, actually, in order to give like fast startup time for most of our customers, we'll render it on the client, we'll render it on the server, we'll do, so they don't want a static website, which is all server-side rendering ahead of time. But they want, again, it's like mix and match situation where they can render the server-side stuff for that particular client, then let the client continue its operations. Um, and I think, I mean, and there's all sorts of uh, technology around that. And I think it's very interesting how we're, constantly trying to trade this space over um you know i think there was the idea in the past well i've got a computer at the end of the network you know it's a it's a fast computer either it's a a laptop or a phone Mm. so you know they've both got fast cpus on them these days but then you start doing more and more and more in the javascript and it becomes heavier and heavier and heavier the network load becomes heavier so it's not even (laughs) it becomes impossible to actually open this goddamn page in less than 10 seconds you know yeah yeah yeah. then so the next thing that we have to do is uh some kind of uh uh, awesome uh, uh, checkpoint restore thing that we (laughs) built up uh, not for the, <laughs> for the client <laughs> in yes. <a> specific state, and <laughs> and then then like the client comes and uh, like wakes up the zombie and <laughs> and it runs. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of the things. By the way, it's one of the things that always. I mean, I know we're kind of joking about this, but I mean, one of the things I always like about Lisps in general, and one of the things I like about your side loader, is essentially you're just. You're just shipping code. You're just shipping. You're, all you're shipping is like, uh, you know, like words, text. Mm. Um, you're putting it somewhere, and then you're letting it turn the bytecode later. Now, obviously, you know, you've kind of played with it in your REPL. Let's say you, you're confident that it works before you save it to disk or ship it over there or rely on it. You know, but but it's very nice to be able to just be sending small bits of text around to. To be compiled at the right time, you know. I think this is really nice. Mm. That's a yeah. re- that's, I mean, even if you're even if you're not the perfect REPL environment, the idea of being able to send code somewhere as just as text, and then let the machinery take care of yeah. like the deployment and the compilation, those kind of stuff. This is a wonderful thing, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's the SAP the PHP file. Kind of thing. Yeah, 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 the joy of deploying PHP, like like where it was essentially like I edit the file, I FTP it to the server, mm. and it's done. Like the immediacy of it, like that that tight feedback cycle is what I know. Quite a few people who like don't like PHP, but by God, they love the the way the yeah, deployment yeah, 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 flow yeah, went, yeah, and like yeah, the yeah, yeah. how it got us all excited. Like yeah. I've got this new feature; it's right there. You know, I just put the file. And like this gets super close to that, which I think is really, um, like it's it's why I really really like it because, again, like the fast feedback cycle is what drives joy, and like at the end of the day, yeah, 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 yeah. it gets the endorphins flowing. Like I'm, uh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Although, like I don't know, I being this 
klanki i Maxiosar but uh, we escort people how this <laughs> you know re- remote stuff going going on and like that's yeah the the feedback oh, yeah. thing there yeah, yeah yeah you could you can you can yeah, actually so. edit it over uh, you can edit it on the server and just hit control s <clears throat> yeah. live yeah. but that's that's uh, yep. like we we sell it as a superpower right like i can Mm-mm. open my repl on my on my server and like hop patch it, mm. you know yeah and like i don't know just like even the like uh the kind of machine learning stuff up <laughs> so uh, that's kind of recent realization this uh vs code and Jupyter and stuff like if if you get a, a machine that has a gpu you don't want to maybe leave it running uh like and then discover at the end of month. Okay, what's on your bill? <laughs> so, like, so, <clears throat> so there's yeah. like something to in this running stuff remotely and being able to load code and get the feedback uh, fast and use yeah, the computers yeah. that are there. Uh, maybe not on your laptop. I don't know well, if, if you have it, yeah. that kind of machine on hmm. your home. That might be also nice. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but I think I think the main thing for me is that like you can use your own computer and you can use their computer, but yeah. you don't have to stop and go through this extra build step. Yes. That that's the thing which I think tends to kill productivity. You know, it's like, oh I I'm I'm gonna deploy something now. You know, oh yeah. I've got to stop. I've got to think about what my tool chain needs to do to deploy it mm. out. Uh, and I've got to think about this extra step, and it's so annoying to me. It's so tedious. I mean, I get that it's that's sometimes necessary, but to me, it's sort of it's it's a necessary yeah. because we haven't got these other bits of tooling in place, you know. Um, now there may be some reasons around security and provenance and blah 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 blah, which you know, I, I I you know I'm kind of like I'm down with that, but at the same time, I want that to be forced upon us, let's say, rather than be an inherent part of our environment. You it's know? context. Right, like at the oh, yeah. essentially, if I'm deploying software that needs to go to a fleet of 500 machines, like a bit of process is kind of worth it, you know. Like exactly, you want, yeah. you want, you want some guardrails, like like, uh, and like that can take a like that can take a while. But when I'm actually actively developing something, yeah, 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 maybe, yeah, yeah, you know, I I don't need to go through the same guardrails, and so, uh, so what, what I'm sort of yeah, it's it's. If if the technology makes you go through the same thing, then then it, it's it's not accounting for context. And so I think, yeah, like yeah, you said, yeah, you're not yeah. running you're not running the side loader in production, but like it's totally fine for a dev environment to get your your feedback cycle. Yeah. And then maybe yeah. for and and you actually have a nice gradual route to something that you know will get the seal of approval from the enterprise security team, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you're not excluding yeah. it but like at least i get in in the context where it's applicable i get a nice uh yeah. but I, i'll just give yeah. you one more yeah. example of this though that bork dude did so shout out to bork dude again um is this um yeah. skittle because skittle yeah. is is another tool where you can write your closure script code this time um and you just save it to your files uh, and then you like git, git push it, or if you're working locally, you just save it to your files locally, and then you refresh your page, and you didn't do anything. There was there was no shadow CLGS compiler running in the background. There was no closure script deploy step. You just save the file, you reload the page, and the program just works. This is nice. And again, you know, maybe it's for optimization reasons, for loading files, you know, for, for, for like you say, Wouter, if you're going to deploy it to the internet and you want it to have provenance, maybe you have to go through this process of, of condensing it and, you know, whatever the, whatever these uh, things are. 
then um, okay, fine. But for for just developing a like a like a, a an idea, just to just to scratch something up, you know, it's super nice not to have to have a bunch of tooling. And it's especially good, I think, for beginners. You know, these these sort of experiences, um, all the kind of bureaucracy. Is is a sort of inhibitor to beginning to the beginner experience. I think so. If you can kind of like get rid of the bureaucracy and just do things, then everyone's happier. I think, um, yeah. and then you can yeah. introduce these doing of things, like you said, for a particular context, you know, for a particular reason because enterprise needs it. And then you know, <clears throat> you can argue about that. Well, that's negotiation, if you like. You know, <laughs> yeah. or that's or that is kind of yeah, okay, it's something we have to yeah. do. But it's not yeah. built into the tooling. I think that's the important part that we want to yeah. talk yeah. about. Or that's if it like, is built into the tooling, then the tooling should do all of it. Yeah. Ah, yes, Where, indeed. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just like don't, don't, don't leave it halfway. Like I've, I've yes. got this, like, the same thing with code generation. It's like if you, if you start to generate code, like it needs to cover all the cases and work all the time because I don't want to think about it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you can kind of. Easily end up into like a works on my machine. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't, don't want to go through the hassle of deployment because it's slow and takes time. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, like, uh, I was, uh, uh, there was a trail of thought left from like, uh, this, uh, uh lambda, like, uh, annoying the de- deployment thing. Like, uh, and I kind of forgot to say that, uh, how in this current project that I'm working on, we have, we just use Yeti locally and we have like the ring handler there. Mm. And it, it's funny, I think like uh, people come into the project and they not realizing that this is running in Lambda because it's kind of so magical <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that, that, that how, how, how it works. But, but yeah, like the, if there's a like long taking, uh, not so trivial compilation step that you have to go through to, because there are changes that you have to try out in the environment there <laughs> so yeah, yeah, then, yeah, it, yeah, then yeah. you don't do that and then it's uh yeah so so it's yeah so it's, it's like the kind of dev process also there might be the like can we use this in production in the corporate way right now now kimbo i've yeah. just looked at the clock here and it's like yeah. uh where we're without vj we're going very long we're going very... yeah <laughs> oh my god he's the timekeeper, <laughs> <a> timekeeper. <laughs> yeah oh jesus cool. yeah so like you know we're gonna we're gonna really be annoying the audience here but fuck it uh they've listened this long they, they can carry on for another 10 minutes uh so, so what one thing we like to talk about actually is um and you know, there's a there's a few a few like you know standard things you know we like to to go through at least. It's like one one part is, and I I think we've covered it a little bit. But what kind of things are you really enjoying about closure uh, in general? Um, you know, what kind of things can you say that that you know what's what's where's the the joy coming from closure from from your perspective? Mm, well, like I I don't know maybe I'm too old, but uh, well, maybe I'll flip but, the question then, because yeah. we can then start with the misery and end with the joy. <laughs> Give you a bit of chance to work but, up to the joy. So it, <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's it's really nice that well, working in REPL and working with the like data and code, and yeah. uh, when when you write the code to match the data, like uh, it, the both both ways kind of are uh, even even out. 
So mm. like uh, if, if you are like trying to, uh, if you have some data that is kind of awkward, uh, your code will also look awkward. <laughs> and <laughs> and it, somehow, somehow, like uh, the when you get the kind of shape of the data right, then the, uh, uh, it, you get the like shape of the shape of the code also right. And it's just like the I guess it's it's the, like the repel so <laughs> That's <laughs> that's the that's the kind of uh, good thing. But yeah, I I guess the I don't know the downsides. Uh, yeah, sometimes you just don't know what's inside this map in here when you're looking at a piece of code. But, uh, but all odds are that, uh, that there might be something wrong in the code then, that it, it's uh, gotten too far away uh, yeah. mm. of the context of the data that you are working on. That is, mm. that if you, if you need, like, well, yeah, uh, like, I, I, I used to think that there has to be types because how else you kind of can find out if you change a low-level module somewhere, that what are mm. the ripple effects? But, uh, but like, yeah, there's, uh, if you are in the place where you really need like, uh, like that kind of info, there might be chances that there's something else also wrong, yeah, yeah. but it might not be like because of you, it might be of reasons of the project and context. And mm. so if, if your type ends up being in every other file of the project, maybe you have a design and encapsulation problem, right? Mm. I mean, yeah. but. <laughs> But I really like that heuristic, though, Kimo. I've never, I mean, I've heard sort of people talk about it in, in around about it in certain ways, but I've never heard it encapsulated so crisply, you know, that if the shape of your data is right, the shape of your code will be right. So that's really, I like that. I like that a lot. I think this, you know, this is the quote of the episode, you know, because <laughs> I, I, it does, it rings true to me, you know, it really yeah. does ring true. Um, yeah. So, so, okay, just rounding it out then. Um, so, what, what, um, so what's what's next then for uh, for Kimo? Hmm. For me, I don't know. Uh, summer holidays. Yeah, for you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll find another runtime to hack. Uh, yeah. Summer summer holidays. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I I tend to like work on interesting things, and interest, interesting things kind of tend to uh, come my way <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so okay yeah. so you, you they, they come at you rather than you know <laughs> yeah like it, it is opportunity too so <laughs> yeah. but but there, there, there might be like a lot of legwork and before that kind of arise but yeah 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 nice uh, nice nice but, yeah yeah, well, this, has been, this has been really good thank <laughs> you very much uh, I don't know yeah. if you've got any more questions for Kim Mo uh, Walter? No, not at all. Like uh, uh, amazing uh, conversation, and uh, thanks for putting up with me. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm I'm new to this, you know. Like I I, I very much uh, <laughs> am the person behind uh, the scenes normally. So um, no, but it was amazing. Uh, tons of uh, great subjects, uh, lovely ideas, uh, amazing quote. Because like it stood out to me, like Ray said, you know, if if the you know, if the shape of the the data is right. The shape of the code is right as well. Um, and I, I was also I didn't say that. He said no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> like, like, like when he said it, like it jumped out. But, but my my contribution. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's super powerful. Thanks. And I was also thinking, yeah. like that's most likely why why, or at least a big chunk of why I enjoy writing closure because it 
because effectively this is true it doesn't really add any complexity beyond that right mm. like if you mm. if you get the shape of the data correct your code will look elegant and like everything is in the right place um and i guess that's not true in java generally or at least not old school java right where like it adds a burden on top of it that and I think like if you, you don't get to this equilibrium, maybe. Yeah, I think I think if you want to end on a hickey quote, it's like the only thing you can do with information is ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> True. Oh, you know. Yeah. All right. But, I'll I'll yeah. channel my inner VJ on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to put we've got to put yeah. him in at the end on that one. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Thanks very much, Kimmo. Right, it's thank uh, you very much. Been really good. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. This is like. Uh, yeah, really nice opportunity, and, and yeah, I I feel glad <laughs> to, <laughs> to have been here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of DefN, and the awesome vegetarian music or the track is Melon Hamburger by Pizzeri, and the show's audio is mixed by Walter Dullert. I'm pretty sure I butchered his name. Um, maybe you should insert your own name here, Dullert. If you'd like to support us, uh, please do check out our Patreon page and you can show your appreciation to all the hard work or the lack of hard work that we're doing. And um, you can also catch up with uh, either Ray with me for some unexplainable reason. Uh, you want to interact with us, then uh, do check us out on Slack, Closure in Slack or Closureverse or on Zulip or just at us at Defen Podcast on Twitter. Enjoy your day and see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening and um, thank you for tolerating this episode. Your patience is very much appreciated. So, Walter and Ray took advantage of my absence and decided to destroy the reputation of low quality content that I have worked hard to bring to DEFM. And I apologize for that. Nevertheless, I promise to return in the next episode to bring back my bullshit quality that you all expect from this podcast. Until next time, Stay safe.